0: so glad to welcome you here to the clark howard show where it's all about you and that wallet of yours i want you to learn ideas to me so you can save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off speaking of that coming up in today's Clark clarkrageous moment the dorian scams are already starting to appear i need to tell you what to look out for what to know and coming up yet later There's a new regulation coming out that is going to allow people to buy ultra-inefficient light bulbs again. I'm going to explain to you why that is a trap for you and your wallet. And I want to talk now about something that has been kind of sitting out there for the last 19 years. And it's something, I can't believe it, it's something I talked about back when it first became your right to have your medical records. Well, now the federal agency, Department of Health and Human Services, wants you to be able to very easily get your medical records from a hospital, lab, um, outpatient surgery center, doctor's office, specialist office, whatever. And then be able to store those records in an app and have them available when you need them. Now, I'm a typical clueless guy. And what is a typical clueless guy? Well, we don't remember what our spouse has said to us. And I can tell you, my wife can cite back to me word for word what she said to me that somehow I have erased from my memory. And we never remember, like, for example, you know, I'll be asked, you know, when's the last time you had a tetanus shot? And I'm like, "Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't remember anything like that. And once I've gotten well from an illness, I can't tell you when I was ill, exactly what I had usually. I can't even remember that. What meds I might have taken, whatever. And so for me, having access to my medical records, my medical history right on an app on my phone would be fantastic, and in certain situations it could be a lifesaver. But then there's the other side of this, which is where, you know, I told you about Google getting fined for invading kids' privacy on YouTube for very young children, and all the stuff that goes on with what Facebook does all the time to uh, mess with your information and do weird stuff so this is one that gosh I I know I'm supposed to say yeah download one of these apps when it's available and use it to store all your medical data the thing I'm nervous about at the same time and the thing you've got to weigh the cost versus the benefit what happens with that information Oh, it could be a data breach that exposes deep data files of medical history on us. It could be insurance companies behaving badly, using that information illegally to decide they don't want to do this, that, or the other for you in areas where that is illegal. So this is one that we've got to have clear rules on how the information is guarded, how the information is protected. I saw in a New York Times item that Apple is designing their medical app where the information would be encrypted and stored on your own device instead of on their servers, so that only if your own device was hacked, apparently, would it be at risk. That's the kind of thing that should be thought through and be in place, and especially important as far as... The Android side is concerned because most market share is with Androids that there be an equivalent kind of protection in place. And as more apps become available where you can store your medical data, it'll be really important to know what are the security protocols and what kind of thought has gone into how to protect that private information. We also need to have clear laws passed that restrict access to our personal medical information by, let's start with a short list, insurers, because they're not trustworthy, and employers, because you don't want people to be able to redline potential employees based on what may be in somebody's medical record, medical history. You know, if an employer wants you to have a physical for jobs to make sure they want to hire you, that's fine. But I'm talking about way past that. Jenny's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Jenny. How are you doing? Hi, I'm fine. How are you? Great. Thank you. So you have a question for me about getting tires. And this is an area where the stakes are much higher than they used to be. Because tires are so much more expensive than they used to be.
1: Yes. How much Um, is a set of
0: tires for your vehicle?
1: I
2: have not even looked yet. I have a 2015 uh, used sedan. And I know that uh, the last time I had my car serviced a few weeks ago, they said, well, you're approaching the 50,000 mark. And that'll be a time where you'll need to, you know, get a new set of tires. And okay, so immediately I thought, is that the truth? You know, who says that fifty thousand is the, you know, golden number? And then secondly, I thought, do do I have to get this at the dealership? Oh,
0: nobody gets tires at a. You're talking about the car dealer?
1: Yeah, the the the, well, nobody gets tires at
0: a car dealer
1: yeah like I was, don't do know, it there, don't there don't even consider that.
0: that. no no scratch yeah. that from your list of consideration. okay It's not core so. to what they do and when you get something like tires at a car dealer, it's a convenience to get it there. They may even farm it out to a tire center nearby that you're not even aware they're doing that and there's a much higher markup on tires at a car dealer. Then there would be going to a tire, you know, an independent tire shop, one of the tire chains, or uh, getting tires from TireRack.com if you've heard of them, or getting them at Sam's or Costco.
2: Okay. So, um, is it true? Do you think that the fifty thousand mark is the right time to get new tires?
0: Well, if I ever had a set of tires that made it to fifty thousand, I mean, I would try to dance an Irish jig or something, but that's not going to happen because I'm never going to make it to 50000 So that's pretty phenomenal, but the tire itself will tell you if it needs to be replaced. And uh, I don't remember what year this started, but there's a little teeny uh, ridge on a tire in the tread that if that ridge equals the remaining tread... Your tire absolutely needs to be replaced, mm-hmm. and so it, it's more based on the individual tires. I had uh, some tires that basically had given up their useful life at thirty-seven thousand miles on our minivan. Yep, mm-hmm. I'm a real man that drives a minivan. It's true. So, um, <laughs> so I was driving in a rainstorm. And the vehicle was hydroplaning even well below the speed limit. I was like, oh sure enough, I went to I got a new set at Costco. And when I went there, it was like, yeah, these tires need to be replaced. And so I went ahead and did it. But I should have been paying attention and checked way before I was in a dangerous situation with my kids in a rainstorm. So mm-hmm. you can you can actually eyeball this rather than going by the mileage as far as where to shop for tires again if i can get you to eliminate the car dealer that got to do that if you care about money Okay. and are you a member of either of the warehouse club chains um no okay so if you if you check both uh costco and sam's repeatedly offer really great deals on tires and in most metro areas, there are high-volume discount chains that do nothing but sell tires all day long. And then TireRack.com, have you ever seen one of their ads on TV? I
1: have not. I
2: think it's That like means one you of don't situations. watch
0: any sports at all.
2: No. Uh, well, I'm watching the U.S. Open right now.
0: Okay. I don't know that they would advertise <laughs> during the U.S. Open. But anyway, if you go to TireRack.com, They're an ultra high volume online seller of tires and they have a deal with a lot of installation centers, you know, tire centers that will install for them and they just ship the tires right to whatever tire center near where you live and you pay for the installation to that tire center. Okay. So I would say those are the best ways I know for you to replace the tires on your vehicle but first things first check to see if you really need those new tires or if you're past time for those new tires by how they're doing not the miles on a vehicle ken is with us on the clark howard show hi ken hi clark so ken uh you're trying to help out your son's
3: girlfriend is that right correct yes um Last Friday, she found that found out that she was accepted for a, a graduate program for her nurse practitioner degree, and we're all excited about that. But now we're trying to think about funding so that they don't come out with a lot of student loan. Uh, the nurse practitioner program at the school she's going to is going to run around ninety three thousand dollars for a three or four year program. That per year, uh, a, total. Load, a lot of money.
0: Per year or total?
3: Uh, No, no, the total. Oh. That's the total.
0: Okay, for an an, an NP to have a master's level um, and be able to go out and practice as typically a primary care medical provider or uh, in a very important capacity in a medical facility, which NPs are just completely different classification than being an RN, the income that she will be able to generate is plenty to be able to deal with 93000 in debt if she had to borrow all of it. It's It's one of those things that is in that category of worth it. Now, if you told me that it was, I thought you were saying it was 93000 a year for three or four years, I would say, no, no that wouldn't be worth it. But 93000 total absolutely is worth it.
3: Well, I, I'm encouraging both her and my son to look into grants and scholarships first to try to eliminate as much as possible with the debt. Um, they've done very well so far through the schooling that they've gone to. I think her her schooling debt is only around $5,000 at the present time. Um, but this nursing or this uh, nurse practitioner program is going to be quite a significant bit more. Sure. Now I've gone I've gone online and uh, I purchased a book from uh, one of the online stores that might help her. I just wondered if you had any other ideas in grants and scholarship areas that we haven't thought about. So four
0: NPs. The greatest opportunity is after school, not before or during school, because after she finishes her NP, there are any of a number of organizations that will, as an incentive to get her to come work for them, that will absorb a portion or with enough time, all of her student loan debt.
3: Great. I, we we never even thought about that. Um, that's a good, good input uh, that I'll let her know about. The reason that's important is there
0: are so many areas of the country that are in desperate need of medical providers that there are organizations in order to attract people will offer these subsidies that cover student loan debt to some degree or all and It means that she might have to work in a tough neighborhood or in a um, rural area in order to have that, but that is one of the ways that people who come out of NP school defray that cost. And the reason I would be so cavalier about $93,000 in debt is that what I do with student loan debt is I do this calculation, if you can earn more Than the amount you borrowed in your first year on a job, then you don't have a dangerous level of debt. In other words, you never want to, for any degree, borrow more than what you'll earn in the job that you're qualifying for from that degree. Today's Clark Rageous moment concerns the destruction that's going on from Dorian. And oh my goodness, I feel so bad for those people in the Bahamas. The loss of life, I don't know if they'll ever know the numbers of people who died. They'll have some approximation is all. But you see that property destruction now as it winds its way up the coast. There's going to be, uh, looks like so far, minimal damage in Florida. Uncertain what's going to happen later as the storm moves up the coast. But the scamsters are already out and trying to take advantage. Already a warning from Homeland Security to be aware of the fake emails pretending to be from charitable organizations. I haven't seen anybody at street corners yet pretending to collect for Dorian Hurricane Relief. I want you to know that we are such generous people in the United States, and we respond when there is a tragedy. I want you to be careful cautious where you give to who you give money to never to any solicitor who calls you on the phone do not respond to any email you receive any text message you receive you want to give money directly to organizations that are trustworthy and we are updating as i speak our guide to that at clark.com and i want you to know that If you have firsthand knowledge of a group, that's usually the best place to give. If you know the people who run it, you know the work they do, you know you can trust them and the money's spent efficiently, give there. But don't give to any UFOs or anybody pretending to be with a legit organization. Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website, clarkdeals.com, where you go to save money all through the day and night, every day of the year, except Christmas. So, this is, I mean, this is just in the silly news department. So, we have a law in the United States that was passed forever ago, I think 2006 or seven that mandated that lighting get much more energy efficient. And it was really awkward at first after that was passed last decade. Um, it was a proposal, I think, from the second George Bush, George W. Bush, and it was passed overwhelmingly in the Congress back last decade. And so at first... We had the terrible ice cream cone lights, the compact fluorescent light bulbs that gave terrible light, and I remember doing a TV story, making fun of the compact fluorescence and turning on a light switch, and it took a minute and a half for the bulb to get fully bright. So it'd give little hints of light when you first flip the light switch, and then it took a minute and a half. And we had to use, um, TV stories don't last that long anymore, so we had to do, sped up, what do you call that, time lapse? We had to do, we had to speed it up, and (laughs) it was just ridiculous. So that was then, this is now, we have these ultra-efficient LED bulbs that eliminated the safety hazards from mercury that were in compact fluorescents, and the LEDs give True light across the spectrum, you can buy whatever you want because they're computer chip controlled. And the big news is when LED bulbs first came out, it was $80 for one bulb. Now it's as little as a dollar. Home Depot sells a pack of Sylvania's and sells, uh, I think, two dozen of them. Yeah, two dozen of them for 24 bucks. A, a dollar a bulb and Dollar Tree if they have them in stock, sells LED bulbs for a buck. Costco sells dimmable ones for, I think they're a buck 50 in a warehouse club pack. And so these things now are so incredibly cheap, and the electricity they save is usually uh, use 85% less electricity than you'd use with an old-fashioned bulb. So let's say you go buy an old-fashioned bulb for 50 cents, versus an LED for a dollar, that's a trap because the electricity they use is so much less. Well, here's the funny part of the story. So the Energy Department is proposing new regulations that would eliminate the standards for the efficient bulbs, which is never going to fly because it's actually a law that we go to efficient lighting And I don't know who they're trying to make happy, maybe the power companies, because power companies are whining. I mean, they are whining because we burn a lot less electricity per household now than we did 10 years ago. And it's because of how appliances have become more efficient and, you know, like refrigerators burn like no energy compared to what they used to. And so many appliances now are hyper-efficient compared to what they were a decade ago. And then the light bulbs, because lighting, I think it's a quarter of a typical house's electric bill. And so if you cut 80% of that out, think about how much you're saving. You're reducing your monthly power bill by 20% if you go with straight ratios. So we have LEDs everywhere. And I have a friend who... Uh, is a host that was radio host who was very upset about having to go to efficient light bulbs so I walked in on her show one day with 200 of the old bulbs that uh, that I was able to collect and brought them to her and she still has whatever number of that left so she can burn more energy and have the old bulbs Uh Buy the efficient ones. Let me tell you, they're great. They last much, much, much longer. They're not going to last like the 23 years the packages say, maybe the last 10 or 15 years versus a traditional bulb that doesn't last long at all. It's your money, and just because the – isn't that weird, the energy department? I guess if you're the energy department, you want people to burn more energy, and that's why it would be terrible for you to use – an efficient appliance or light bulb. Seriously, it's like a it's like a um, April Fool's joke. And by the way, if you're a writer at Saturday Night Live, you could write a really funny skit about this. I think, maybe for nerds like me. Martha's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Martha.
1: Hi. How Thank are you, you for doing? My call. I'm doing wonderful.
0: So, Martha, how can I serve you today?
1: I was, we were. Me and my husband are trying to decide on whether we should invest in a franchise. We really know nothing about it, uh, but he's being laid off. And we oh, thought, I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but we thought maybe this is a time to have something of our own and uh, go in a different direction.
0: What kind of franchise area are you thinking of?
1: Well, we're really not sure. Um, we're trying to decide between um, whether to do a, uh, a restaurant-style sandwich shop or something like in the parcel delivery.
0: So you're really clean slate right now. You have we no are idea. Clean
1: slate. He has great experience. He's a CFO now, so he would he, he's run many businesses before.
0: So I will tell you that uh, it would require the kind of investigative work that's going to sound really weird to you. Okay. But uh, since you have no idea what field, you should not even investigate offers for individual franchises at this point. Okay. What he should do, and if you're willing to do it as well, is you actually go just get a job at a franchise you said a sandwich shop yes and the other thing you mentioned was like one of those package delivery stores is that right yes so uh, one of you go work in one type of place one go work in another it's just an employee don't mention to anybody that you're noodling doing this for a living and you just say hey we need to pick up some extra part-time money Because you never want to listen to the sales pitch at any Dare to be Rich franchise show or any pitch from any franchise. You want to go work in the type of business you think you might want to be in and learn what it's really like being in that business. And more important, if you do think, yeah, we really like to own that sandwich shop, you learn whether that franchise company really stands behind its stores and what kind of potential for profitability there really is versus what they tell you in the glossy brochures or the online presentations.
1: Okay, I would have never thought of that. Thank you. I, we just you know, weren't sure how to go about it because there is a franchise show this weekend and we thought about going to it and going to one of the classes, so we should not do that. I
0: I would not go to any franchise. These roadshows shows go all over the country, and I would not go to any of them. Instead, you want to do field level real research and get past all the hype and see what it's what it's really like—the gritty of what the grit of being in one nitty gritty, whatever. You want to be there, and you'll know in weeks if it's a type of business you have any interest in being in, and you'll know with more time whether you want to have anything to do with that particular franchise operation. And the great thing is if you answer both questions, yeah, then staying there even longer is valuable because you learn mistakes on somebody else's money. And then when you do buy one, you're much better prepared. And read some of the uh, business press about various franchise operations. A lot of them are actually closing locations that people are having trouble making money. You've probably seen how much vacant retail space there is around uh, your area as there is all around the country. And it makes it easier for you to be able to... uh, Figure out if it is an operation you want to be in or not, and once you're done with all that, then you can start looking to see if you want to buy one. Doug is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Doug.
2: Hi there, Clark. How's it going? Great to talk to you. Uh, Good, good, very good. I'm 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 excited to talk to you. I have been doing some shopping and and been looking at my statements uh, from my broker, and I've been hearing you talk an awful lot about target uh, funds, target date funds, and um, I am doing some investigating, and I'm finding that, um, that I'm not getting the returns that I could get on those target funds, and I've wanted to ask you a little bit about the fees that I might be paying and whether I should uh, make the move to go to the target fund.
0: So, with target funds, they uh, the ones I like are based on a mix of index funds, where there is no professional manager trying to decide should we own this stock or that one, how much of it should we own, and all that. They just buy various um, stocks in the proportion they are typically are of that type of stock that index, and in a target retirement fund, they mix. Various types into one fund that changes over the decades as you get closer and closer to your retirement date. And so you can, with retirement money, you can make one decision that is, which organization are you going to buy your target retirement funds from? And then all the money you're putting aside in a Roth or whatever goes into that one fund. And they're ultra cheap. There's no commissions if you go with one of my low cost companies and it's really great and easy for you because all you gotta do is open the account, put the money in the target retirement fund, and you're done.
2: Yeah, I, I, I I'm I'm seeing that and I'm I'm getting excited about it. You know, we um I'm uh sixty years old, I'm gonna be sixty one in January and my wife is fifty seven and she's retired and we've accumulated uh, um, a fair amount of money that we're, that we're proud of. And um, we've been, you know, getting these uh, fees that on our investments, um, been paying about $8,800 a year to have it in what we call a managed portfolio. And um, I'm looking at that going away. And I'm thinking that I'm five years away. I could save fifty fifty thousand $50,000 just in those fees alone. And I would assume that the, the funds that I'm actually in inside of that portfolio probably have expenses that they're also charging me there.
0: Oh, are you with a traditional um, full commission stock brokerage? Uh,
2: I am. I am. I am with a uh, one of your low cost providers, and it's called primi- uh, Premium Services. a kind of a wealth oh, management okay. uh, offering All that right. they offer. So,
0: you're with Fidelity. That's correct. All right. So with Fidelity. You've got a variety of choices with them where you can go into now a very low-cost system of managing your investments. And right now with Fidelity and the thing you're in, what are you paying how much are you paying for...
2: Well, I'm paying... Uh, well, the way I do the math is I just took the amount that they charge me every year and I've divided it into the uh, total amount of the portfolio and I come up with a 0.55%. All
0: right, that's and very. that's it, actually very reasonable if they're giving you comprehensive advice. That's half yeah, well, what hey, the industry standard is. But if you're not feeling like you're getting meaningful advice then that's something you really need to sit down with Fidelity and tell them what you want, that you want either much lower cost, and as an example, Fidelity has two kinds of target retirement funds. I want you in, if you decide to go that route, in the target retirement index fund product. for Based on your age and your situation, maybe uh, the 2025 fund or something like that. Okay. But Fidelity go Fidelity is a solid organization and they offer from very low cost even some no cost options to moderate cost options. Right now you're at a moderate cost, you could certainly go lower, but 0.55 is nothing to feel like they're fleecing you or anything like that. So, I would sit down and talk with your Fidelity representative Also, go brief yourself first on the Fidelity website and look at the different options for advice and then figure out what you think works best for you. Meet with the individual and say, this is what I'm looking for. How can you deliver that to me, having already done your homework before you go in for that meeting?
4: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.
0: Mary's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Mary, you would love to do some work at home, but it sure is confusing trying to find that, isn't it?
1: Yes, it is.
0: Have you been looking Uh, at different things and you just can't figure out what's right or you don't know where to start?
3: Well, I've been doing some web searches, but the biggest problem I have is that you never get directly to the job. Yeah. There's always another screen, another screen. Right. So you get to the point where you don't know what is a scam or what might not even be true. All
0: right. So I will tell you that 99 point something percent of supposed work at home are scams. Okay. Because so many tens of millions of Americans would like some part time work, either as a supplement to their regular job or They maybe are raising kids and they want to be able to do something flexible on their schedule. And so, so many people want that, that scammers take advantage. So uh, when they are not being upfront about what the job is and what the pay is, or they want money from you, anything like that, you know to run away. And uh, we have a guide to legit work at home at clark.com okay. that we just updated again in july we update it several times a year and we've tried to look through and find things that are truly legit but the best work at home opportunities actually are based on your prior experience knowledge and education so okay things you've done in the past that you might be able to do for an employer um, for there, that maybe you work for in the past, and you can do things for your convenience and theirs from home. But if you want to see our guide, go to clark.com/work from home. You're listening to the Clark Howard Show.